are you ready to go offside? Because it's time for Offside Hockey Talk with your host, James Roberts, and myself, Doug Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a awesome treat to be sitting down right now with none other than Mike Ross, the PA announcer, the voice you hear at the Toronto Maple Leaf Games. Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the voice of the OJ, Doug Ireland. Doug, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine, and uh, I just got to say what an honor it is to to talk with with a guy that does my job only much better for the uh, the team that I've been rooting for since I was a little kid. So happy to have you on here, Mike. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Well, we want to get into a few things here with you, basically about last year and things that are going to be coming up this year for the Maple Leafs in your role, obviously, with the team. But I want to backtrack just a little bit ago. You signed a new deal to stay on with the Maple Leafs. What all goes into signing that deal and what all goes into, I guess, leading up to that uh, that piece of paper getting signed by you? Uh, you know what? Every year uh, has been a little bit different in the in the timing of it. Um, so basically, it's a year-to-year contract, and the team um, has tendered me um, uh, not not an offer per se, but the the, the contract itself and. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, basically, they tell you that you know we want you to come back, and they send you the paperwork. Um, I haven't had it go any other way. What has been different is this will be my fourth season, and each year it's it's coming later and later in the summer. So I don't you know I I, I don't know if that's just a matter of you know, whoever's on holidays or it's just more of a become more of a formality in that they're, they're happy with the job that I'm doing. They're confident in the job that I'm doing. Um, but it's, it's really, um, mostly up to them. I mean, I, I can't really envision a scenario where I would go to them and say, Hey, I'm not interested anymore. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really up to them. And, and thankfully, um, you know, from my end, They've been happy with the job I've done and have asked me to come back for a fourth season. Uh, are there are there any pregame rituals or routines that you go to to go through to get get ready for for a game for the Leafs? Is there like anything special you do? Um, I mean, I, I pretty much it's the same routine every game. Um, I, I tend to arrive at the rink anywhere from two to two and a half hours before the game. Um, and you know, every, every arena has its own sort of setup. Um, probably about half the announcers in the league sit at ice level. The other half sit, uh, up in the, either in the press box or at the press box level. So for us, I'm in a, in a nice little soundproof booth next to the game presentation manager, uh, the game caller and the organist. And we're up uh, in in the press box level, and so I, I show up at my booth, and basically, I just get set up. I mean, I've got uh, I've got a stat sheet that I I keep uh, my notes on throughout the game. I've got I go through the roster for both teams to make sure that uh, I'm good on all the pronunciations. And if there's if there's anything I'm not clear on, then I'll do. You know, one of three things, I'll surf uh, YouTube and look for play-by-play calls, 
or um, there's also a website that a lot of the PA announcers in the league have uh, have sort of joined into where we share our pronunciations uh, of our team with the other guys. And so I can get it straight from their PA guy uh, via the Internet. Um, once I've gone through that, it's usually uh, dinner time. We go down for our pregame dinner, and uh, then from um, – Probably, if it were a 7 o'clock start, then probably around 10 to 6. Uh, from then on, we're doing tours. We have tours that come through pregame and come and visit with uh, Jimmy Holmstrom, the famed organist from the Maple Leafs, who's going into his 31st season with the Leafs. And um, and then they pop into my booth as well. And I like to, especially with the little kids, you plunk them down in the seat, give them a chance to get a picture sitting there at the mic and everything. Um, so there's a lot of fan interaction before the game. And they usually by about 10 to 7, and we, we all sort of hunker down and things get going. Now a question I have, there's a lot of players throughout the NHL and a lot of executives as well that have a way they enter the arena, they walk to where they're going, whether it's not walking past a visitor's dressing room or it's you know a certain way they walk every single time. Are you as superstitious as the players, or are you just free-flowing and for you it doesn't matter? <laughs> That's a good question, actually. Um, I like to think that I'm pretty free-flowing, and it just some days I'll go downstairs because you know I want to grab a coffee. Um, other days, there, there have been times where I can think of one, one time two seasons ago where I walked down the hallway right by the Leafs dressing room, which is not something that I usually did, but I was going to grab a coffee and Freddie Anderson crossed in front of me on his way out to the bench and for, for his pregame uh, ritual. And I think that night he ended up getting a shutout. And I thought to myself, oh, man, Uh-oh. now i gotta, I got to do that again. i got to be down there at the same time. And, and I, have to do, I have to do it all without Freddie figuring out that, that, I, that I did this. And anyway, it was, it was just goofy and silly. But um, honestly, most of the time I, I have the same entry point to the rink and I follow the same walk. But if I want a coffee one day or I want to – something you know something to eat or whatever and i'll switch it up i'm not i'm not that that set i really don't think that uh i don't think the leafs uh, winning or losing has anything to do with where i get a coffee or don't get a coffee on a game day <laughs> well jack eichel would be severely disappointed you know i don't know if you've heard of his regimental routine that he does every game day so to hear that you're so free-flowing and aloof would probably send him into a fit so no, well, it's a good what. thing. I, you know, I, I did relax. a radio show. I did a radio show um, when I was uh, at NHL Network Radio with Phil Esposito, and Espo was uh, about as superstitious as they get. Um, <laughs> all the way down to like you couldn't have sticks crossing each other in the room. He would freak out like it was some kind of uh, some kind of you know horrible uh, a sign from uh, from the beyond or something. I don't know, but he was. <laughs> He was intense, um, so I think I think Espo might have something to say if uh, if he heard me talking like that. But um, yeah, I just I, I I I just want to make sure I'm there on time. I want to make sure that I'm ready, and you know that's probably the biggest ritual or the biggest part of the of the daily um, of the daily grind and, and daily ritual is just being at the rink on time, being prepared, having all your pronunciations ready to go. 
because once the puck drops, you don't, you know, the skating is done by the guys down on the ice. You don't want to be skating trying to find information out. You want to be ready when the puck drops. Uh, you know, speaking of curses, for for better or for worse, uh, what do you make out of the uh, the whole Drake and Bieber curse that seems to exist? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, I'll tell yeah, you right now. There's know. a guy named Anthony Joshua who will tell you the Drake curse is real after he got sent back to London after taking that picture with Drake and many yeah. other teens. But then then you look at the Raptors who just won. So yeah. Yeah, I heard a lot of people say that you know, oh my goodness, this this great curse, and 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 it doesn't affect the the Raptors, but it affects it affects everything else he touches. Well, except his career. Um, that the, the fact is, he's he's done a pretty nice job at carving himself out a real nice career, uh, and and a nice brand and a nice business. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't buy into those. I think we tend to. Uh, we tend to, to sort of throw them up as, uh, as almost defense mechanisms, but they're uh, they're fun to, to certainly to read about and uh, and to discuss. There's no doubt. Well, you know, I've noticed both of you guys did uh, mention Mr. Justin Bieber in either of this. Is all about Drake. I mean, it's the Bieber curse, guys. Drake just showed up. Okay, <laughs> it's Justin Bieber is the one that causes the problems both years against Boston in the playoffs. CBC showed him up in the stands, and next thing you know, the Leafs are no longer playing hockey. I'm not saying it's his fault, but, <laughs> I mean, Mike, you didn't walk by the same time for Freddie. That threw it off, and then Bieber. It's just too much. Too much. <laughs> I, I have to wonder, though, doing this job and, you know, announcing, you know Mark Savard, I don't know if you've heard about how fanatic he is about his tape job and how he goes after guys like Panarin and Pasternak for the way they tape their sticks. I'm wondering, are you a stickler for setup? I know Doug is, but do you need your mic set up a certain way? Or do you, if you see somebody else's setup done in a way that just kind of irks you, do you say something, think something, or if they turn their back, do you fix it? Or are I you just, again, it's yeah, fine, I'll go, I'll go my own way. I don't mess with anybody else's setup. Um, and I don't, I, uh, I don't critique anybody else's setup. If I find something interesting, I might ask, I might even steal uh, the idea, uh, but generally, I think the for me the biggest thing, uh, if we're going to talk about superstitions and tape, um, for my score sheet and my roster sheet, I tape to my desk or my table in my booth. Uh, I don't want them moving during during gameplay while I'm writing. I want them to be you know absolutely stationary and and still. So. Um, so, so when I tape down my my game sheet and my roster sheet before the game, I'm really particular about the order in which I lay down the tape around the edges of the paper. Only because, well, for two things. Number one, um, I I want to be able at the end of the game to pull off both sheets at the same time and not leave any tape on the table. That's just that's just a weird the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just a little thing. Uh, and the other thing is that when I'm when I am taping, uh, I don't like having any part of uh, of our, our Brendan Shanahan's name covered up in tape. Uh, I don't know why. I think there may have been a game very early on where I. I, I taped over it and we lost, and I just never have taped over his name after we that. Found it. I do we found try to it. tape over right the there. other teams. 
I do try to tape over the other team's executives if I can, <laughs> but, I, but I will not tape over Brendan Shanahan's name. I, it, I don't know why. It's just probably just that one time, and it just stuck. So I do have some, some superstitions about tape, if, if that counts. Well, I definitely get that. Like when when you're in the middle of a game and you don't want to be scrambling, wondering like physically where something is that important. Exactly. Is. Yeah. 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 Um, are, yeah. How about so over the summer? Uh, did you do any like not Leafs announcing gigs? Maybe that you want to talk about for a bit. Wow, over the summer, no. I mean, my my summer routine usually uh, usually means that I'm off work for a month. Um, and, and we do, we did a little bit of traveling, uh, this summer. So no, I mean, I, I pretty much stayed away other than my, my day job at, at Accessible Media Inc. Um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't anywhere near a microphone, um, till my vacation was done. So, uh, no, I, I kept a pretty, a pretty low, uh, low key through, uh, through the summer months, but, um, what about during the know, winter? <laughs> Well, yeah, during the winter we're a little busy. I mean, what's, what's what's fun now about this time of year is all my buddies who have kids who play hockey. It's when I start getting the emails from them and their team rosters and asking me to record their their kids' rosters so that they can play them at their games. Oh yeah, for their for their kids at the local rinks. So those have started coming in. I did my first one today, and uh, those uh, those will start coming in over the next uh, week or so. Those are always fun to do because, um, you know, you, you just you see the – and you hear the stories about the faces on the kids, but the faces on the parents too when they hear, you know, the – what what has become a familiar voice to them uh, through their love of the Maple Leafs announcing their kid's name at their local rink. So that's uh, that's something I always look forward to at, at this time of year before we before we get into full swing. Well, speaking of things looking forward to, um, you've had the honor of calling some great moments and milestones for players throughout the years for the Maple Leafs. You've been there for four. Uh, one that sticks out to me is Ron Hainsey, obviously. But when you get the opportunity to do that, to call, you know, the thousandth game and, you know, thank the player and, and do the introductions and all that kind of good stuff, what do you feel? Like, what what is the emotion that goes for you? And is that something that you enjoy doing? Or do you feel it should be something that's not on the ice and done maybe separately as a, a private ceremony? No, I like it the, the way we do it. Uh, I mean, every team has their their sort of style when it comes to uh, on ice ceremonies and presentations. I think uh, I think we knock it out of the park uh, every time that, that oh, we yeah. do something right. And um, and and I think about whether it's a special ceremony with uh, a guy like Haynes who's who's playing his one thousandth game. Uh, you know, getting to see that silver stick up close before the game was just outstanding. I, I, mean, I took you know a hundred pictures of this uh, of it. It was just so cool to see something like that up close. Um, but to 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 know that you're 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 part of a really special moment for for that player, um, and and in a way you're you're sort of drawing the fans into it. Um, it's a good feeling and, and, and watching whether it's that, whether it's a, a welcome back uh, for a former player, whether it's a, a just noting 
something about a, a particular player on our team playing his 500th game or scoring his you know 500th career point um they're all very very special moments and every single one of them it's it's an absolute honor to be a part of um and and it's always a treat too when later on down the line you're surfing online or whatever or or the team puts out a tweet or something and there's you know there's your call i mean it just happened to me a couple of weeks ago where the nhl put out uh, i think it was like a top 10 on opening night uh, performances and they had matthews from last year and, uh, and 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 they had one of my um, one of my calls uh, on a, an Austin Matthews goal, and I mean, hey, you're you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, and you hear yourself over top of an NHL call uh, on the NHL Instagram and, and Twitter uh, feed. I mean, that was that that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big history buff, so I love the fact that we're we're part of history pretty much every night. But being a part of those types of events is even more special. Uh, oh, is sure. is there any specific player uh, that you're that you like particularly like doing their their call for? Like just the way their name kind of sounds ringing through the rink that you enjoy calling? I love Frederick Anderson. Um, Probably because he's he's like the last name that we we introduce in the starting lineup, um, and I mean he's uh, let's let's be honest he's been so good that it, it gets a, a tremendous ovation from the crowd anyway. But the fact that it's the last name and I, I get a chance to really punch it out, um, Matthews Nylander are always fun. One that's, that's sort of um, uh, it, it sort of surprised me was the Nylander because. Um, I, I, I don't even remember how I sort of came up with the way I do it, but you know, I draw out on the knee lander and I had so many people coming up to me and saying, that's my favorite call. That is the, 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 my favorite call that you do is the knee lander call. So, you know, when last year, when he had his contract issues, issues going, I was kind of missing doing that call because I knew that so many people enjoyed it. So when he came back and I got that first opportunity to, uh, to announce his name, it was, it was kind of nice to, to, to be able to do it. And so that one definitely sticks out just because I've had even colleagues come up to me and say that they really love when we, uh, we do the introduction for William Nylander. I think my favorite one, uh, that you do and uh forgive me for the imitation but i think it's mitch marner <laughs> yeah that's another one that uh, that i definitely hear a lot uh, about in fact just i think just last week i ran into uh, one of the beat writers uh, in toronto who said uh you know that even he'd been thinking about it lately and 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 waiting for uh waiting for some news on mitch because he wants to use that in the in the lead of his story um and so yeah, I don't know if it's if I was lucky in coming up with them or if I was lucky that we've got the players we have who've who've had some pretty terrific names and just sort of inspired me a little bit. I mean, with Matthews and Marner, Nylander, Anderson, um, even you know, a name like. Kasperi Kapanen. It's just a fun name to say. So uh, from uh, from an announcer standpoint, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to dig very deep. You, you, you just, it, they're fun names, and uh, and the personalities often uh, sort of match their names too, which is kind of kind of fun. Maybe you draw on that a little bit. 
Well, this season, you're going to get the chance to call another player who used to be part of the heated rivalry between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators. Jason Spezza is coming to town. Mm-hmm. We all know that he'll probably become a Babcock toy and play a whole bunch of minutes. Uh, it seems to be the prevailing thought. But how fun is it going to be to say his name, not as a villain, but as a hero now if he scores a goal for the Maple Leafs? I've been calling Jason Spetz's name since he was in junior hockey. Uh, so, so we go way. I've called him in, in the NHL before, and I called him back when he was in junior. Uh, so, so this is kind of cool. And, and I remember Jason coming into the, uh, the NHL Network Radio Studios one summer and, and spending uh, about an hour or so with us. And um, he's just such a great guy. He's such an approachable guy. And, you know, you heard Tyler Sagan talk about him and call him a hockey nerd last week. And, and, and I just think the guy just has such a love of the game. And he loves everything about the game. He thinks it. And I think that a, a veteran guy like that, I don't, I don't care what line of work you're in, when you can add someone with experience to your staff, to your, to your roster – Everybody benefits, like, and that's one of the things that that I think Mike Babcock has long driven into my head, just through some of the things he said over the years. Is you never ever stop learning. If you stop learning, then the tires basically stop spinning, and and you become a little bit sort of stuck in the mud. Um, and I look at a guy like Spets, and he strikes me as a guy who never wants to stop learning, but in turn also likes to teach and make sure that the other guys around him are learning as well. So, so I'm really excited. Um, local guy again, I mean, this is something that we've, we've had now for, uh, you know, the, the three seasons I've been here, we've had local guys playing for the Maple Leafs and get another, another local product playing, uh, playing for the Leafs. And I'm, I'm really, really anxious for that first opportunity to introduce Jason Spezza. Yeah, you got to think that uh, that first game that Ottawa comes to town is going to be something a little special. Oh, listen, and and the thing is, for me, I mean, I'm I was born in Ottawa, grew up grew up a Maple Leaf fan in Ottawa, um, but then you know my radio career had me working for for the Maple Leaf, or for the uh, for the Ottawa Senators um, radio network, and eventually, I'm. Actually, I made it to you know back to the Maple Leafs, but you know I've 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 lived that rivalry, and, and I've been been at both arenas in the most heated of playoff battles, and it it just feels like something just hasn't been there necessarily the last couple of seasons. So you know if if the 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 departure of DJ Smith and and Hainsey and Zaitsev and our acquisition of a guy like Spezza and adding a guy like CeCe, if that feeds into that rivalry, I mean, that, that can only you know mean good things for, uh, for the fans out there because, uh, let's face it, hockey is a game that's always more exciting through rivalries. And, yep. you know, there, there were times where that Battle of Ontario, I mean, it – it it really was personal. It felt like we were going back to the days of you know the old Canadians and Maple Leafs rivalries in in the forties and fifties and sixties. So uh, yeah, I, I think I think everybody involved probably would 
welcome the opportunity to to get that going again. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be interesting if those two teams end up making it to the playoffs and playing each other. Just the sheer amount of players from each team on either side now, and a player like Connor Brown that was kind of pushed down the lineup a little bit in the Maple Leafs now may get a chance to be in the top six with the Ottawa Senators. It's going to be fun. And like you said, if it adds a little snarl, a little punch and pizzazz to it, why not? It's something that's needed. And who didn't like the Battle of Ontario, like you said? I mean, even Adam Sandler put out songs and different things, you know, about the Ottawa Senators and just the way it went. It was perfect for hockey. The games were good and the gamesmanship within the games was pretty awesome. And I can only imagine calling the goals and being a part of it, the energy that we felt through that. Well, I mean, you, you think back to those days. I mean, uh, you know, when I was when I first covered the NHL, um, you know, Dominic Hasek was playing goal for uh, for Buffalo. Curtis Joseph was in goal for the Maple Leafs, and I mean, the Ottawa Senators at that time they were continuously handled by both those guys in the playoffs and, and dispatched. I mean, it was it was just almost expected the year after year. If you ran into those guys, you were toast, and and, um, and and yet you still had these bitter, bitter battles um, that were were so exciting, and and the players didn't like each other, the fan bases didn't like each other. I think to some some extent, maybe even some media members didn't like each other. So you know, it it can, it can get pretty heated down there sometimes, and uh, and I know I experienced it. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had, yeah, I've had three really exciting seasons with the Maple Leafs and, and every year, um, there's been growth there and it's been so much fun to be a part of an, and to, and to witness, you know, firsthand and, and be right there for all those home games and playoff games. And I'm looking forward to more this year. Well, something you get to look forward to this year yet again is something new. You guys are going to Newfoundland for camp. Um, are you going to be joining the team when they go to Newfoundland? I will be going out. Uh, I will be out there probably, I think it's three days into camp, um, and it's pretty much a similar situation as my very first season. My first year, um, because we had a, a new game crew, a new anthem singer uh, in, uh, uh, in, in Toronto, and we had new in-game hosts, and hostesses, we decided, the Maple Leafs decided that they wanted us out there. They wanted to sort of get us some experience and, uh, and, and working together and working with, uh, with our crew. So I went out to, uh, to Halifax um, and, uh, and did my very first Maple Leafs game uh, in, uh, in Halifax and also did a, a Maple Leafs alumni game while we were out there. So that was I a was really at cool both games. Yeah, and that that was a really cool experience for me. I mean to to sort of get started and to to be on the road and like it was it was really exciting. Um the following two seasons we were um the the uh, training camp was in Niagara Falls and they they used uh, they just used local folks uh, for uh, for the one the, the one alumni game, um, and then we had the Craft Hockeyville that happened as well. The the NHL used local uh, local staff for those games as well, which was really cool. Um, and so 
this year to to have been asked to, to go out to Newfoundland. I'm, I'm really pumped. Uh, I've been to Newfoundland twice now in the last year. Uh, last year for work. This year, uh, my wife and I were there for our 20th uh, anniversary. We were there for two weeks, just driving Congratulations. around. Thank you, thank you. We we spent two weeks driving around Newfoundland, and the one thing I know is there are great hockey fans in Newfoundland and big Maple Leaf fans. And oh, I mean, yeah. you go you go back to the 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 long time affiliation there with the with the Baby Leafs in St. John's, and so it. It makes uh, it makes sense, especially with the uh, arrival last year of the Growlers, the success that the uh, Growlers had in the ECHL. It's it's a really cool move to have training camp in Newfoundland, and I'm just absolutely pumped that uh, that the Leafs have asked me to go out. So I'm going to be heading out there on Monday, the 16th of uh, September. I'm announcing the game on the 17th. And uh, and then be heading back to uh, to Toronto on the 18th. So it's a it's a quick trip, but it's one that I'm absolutely thrilled to be a part of. Uh, you have you been screeched in yet? When you're in Newfoundland? Oh yeah, yeah. I did that last year. Yeah, this year I got my wife screeched in. So I, I am absolutely a card carrying honorary Newfoundlander. Absolutely. There you go. That is awesome. Uh, Mike, you mentioned uh, some of the people that you work with uh, behind the scenes. You, you talked about uh, Jimmy Holstrom. I'm just wondering if there's there's any person in particular that like gets you excited knowing that you get to work with that person, or you know, or someone that you want to shout out. Well, you know, I think our entire staff is outstanding, um, and, and the proof of that is that, um, number one, we've got an award-winning game presentation staff that. That is undisputable because they've won uh, major awards um, over the last uh, several seasons. So uh, they've got the hardware to prove it, but I also have the experience. And, uh, I mean, the two people that I work closest with are Jimmy Holmstrom, uh, our organist, and Taylor Dean, who's our game presentation manager. Um, And they're they're just – the best in the business. I mean, with with Taylor, uh, she basically is what, what you would call the game director. She calls for everything that happens entertainment-wise off the ice. It's a tremendous responsibility. There's a lot of pressure involved. Uh, you've got to be really you have a quick mind and and be able to make split-second decisions almost without thinking. I mean, it really does have to be second nature, and she does a fantastic job. And, and I mean, the proof of that is the NHL constantly hires her for events like the All-Star Game, Winter Classics, uh, and events like that. And, you know, if she if she were to ever <clears throat> leave the Maple Leafs for anything else, it would be a big loss for us and in and, and someone else's uh, gain. And Jimmy's great just because, you know, we work in an industry where there are a lot of young folks, a lot of folks in their 20s and early 30s. And for Jimmy and I, you know, guy, I'm in my mid-40s. Jimmy's, you know, getting in, into his 60s. He's he's now retired after 33 years of teaching. Um, we're just – we're just a couple of buddies and we're, we're, we're just a couple of the old guys who somehow just sort of gravitated towards each other and almost by necessity, just because, well, you know, 
we're, we're the old guys in the group, and yet we've become really, really great friends. Um, and, and it really it started before my, my days with the Leafs because I actually got into um, MLSE in 20, uh, 2015, 2016, when I did the uh, or 2014, 2015, pardon me, when I did the World Junior Championship, the first time it came to Toronto, um, and I was the announcer for the World Juniors, and because MLSD was a co-presenter along with Hockey Canada, that sort of opened the door for me and, and was my introduction to a lot of people at MLSE. And, and Jimmy is definitely one of them, and he immediately sort of took me under his wing and and and. Like I just was stuck to him for two two weeks of the uh, of the World Junior Tournament, and so when I came on board with the Maple Leafs, it was it was like old school week and an old home week, and just finding finding my old pal Jimmy again, and we just immediately picked up where we left off, and um, we've uh, we've become pretty close to, pretty cl- close friends in both our our love of the Maple Leafs, but also just you know, our, our appreciation for each other and, and uh, just admiration for each other's talents and, and um, you know, what he's done musically uh, in, in his career that so many people probably don't even know some of the names that he's, musicians uh, and, and singers that he's played with and for over the years. You know, guys like Tom Cochran, guys like Burton Cummings, uh, Larry Gowan. I mean, some of the biggest names in Canadian music. And Jimmy knows them all, and, and Jimmy's played for them all. So uh, I, I, I admire Jimmy for his love of the Maple Leafs, but uh, I'm also a big fan of uh, his musical talent and, uh, and, and really, really, really happy to call him my friend. Well, it's awesome to be able to work with someone that closely. Um, you know, you're talking about all the staff. Um, getting everything set up, going through your game day, you know, doing all the announcing – has there ever been a time where you felt maybe the timing was was off just by you know a minute or a second or something like that, and it didn't go the way you wanted? And how do you compensate for something like that? How do you react on the fly? I know you're just speaking with others doing so. How do you do that on the fly, there, Mike? Um, I think the biggest thing is as difficult as it may sound you can't dwell on something, you know? Um, and, and I've had instances in, you know, over the years where, uh, an announcement hasn't gone the way I wanted it to, or, you know, there's been a mistake made and you just, you can't dwell on it. You just gotta, you gotta move on and, and, and not worry about it. Even though, I mean, in, in this day and age, you make a mistake, you get absolutely raped over the coals on social media. So if you have a thin skin, don't go on social media. That, that's the first thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, but I also, I also realized that at the end of the day, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of like in uh, when you hear people talk about you know working for uh, the, the the a cabinet position or whatever for for a U.S. president. You know, I serve at the I serve at the pleasure of the president. Well, I serve at the pleasure of the Maple Leafs. And as long as they're happy with my performance, um, you know, I'm going to be happy with my performance. So the biggest thing is you, everybody makes mistakes. The, the, the mistake that some people make is then 
is compounding that mistake by dwelling on it. And and I try and just move on. It, it can be very hard. It can be really hard sometimes because you kind of there's an embarrassment factor there. Um, but thankfully, it doesn't happen very often. Um, and and if it uh, if it does, you know, I've learned how to how to sort of cope with it and move on. On that on that topic, uh, what preventative measures do you have in place to stop yourself from swearing into the microphone when the Montreal Canadiens score? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I um, way back early in my career, um, there was a. a, a I'm not going to say where I worked, but the, I worked for a, a team in in a different sport, and. Um, I would be. I was sort of the backup announcer, but I would also be the backup for other parts of of, uh, of the the game presentation. So sometimes I did music, sometimes I did scoreboard. Um, you know, I did different things. Uh, it was the minor leagues, and so things are. And this was back in the '90s, so things were no, nowhere near as structured as they are now, as far as game presentation goes. And I witnessed an announcer who uh, would say very, uh, very inappropriate things around the microphone. <laughs> and there are a couple of times where the microphone was hot and, and caught him saying these things. And he didn't, he didn't quite notice it right away. And someone popped in the booth and said, ah, the mic's on. So I learned very <laughs> early that you never, never say anything around any microphone um, that you wouldn't say if it was on. So that was, I mean, that was a real easy lesson for me way back, and thankfully it didn't happen to me. So, so I just learned to, to don't don't do it. Don't curse into a mic. Don't curse around a mic. Don't say anything inappropriate around a mic, because you just never know who's listening. You never know if uh, if the on button light is burnt out or not. And that's, it can happen. It can happen, yes. and you don't want it to happen to you. Yeah, my first year announcing in junior hockey, uh, I got into a discussion with a player that was in the penalty box next to me, and my microphone was on. And the day after, I went out and I bought myself a microphone with a nice giant uh, light, as you just yep. said, so that I know when the microphone is on. But also, as you just said, it's much easier just to treat the mic like it's always hot, and then you don't have to worry so much. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because inevitably... I mean, you hit the off button and your finger slips and it doesn't shut off. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm almost almost to 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 the point of uh, you know obsessingly looking down and checking that the mic is off when I'm sitting there. Because yes. I mean I'm 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 watching the game. I'm cheering along with the fans too. So I don't want any of that going out over uh, over the loudspeakers. So yeah, I'm looking over all the time because you just never know. If if your finger slips or your elbow grazes that button or whatever, so yeah, you, you just you, you, better to be safe than sorry, as they say. I mean, the two flip sides of that is that I've worked in press boxes uh, next to the owners and GMs, and they get a little hot under the collar with the uh, with the official sometimes. So I have to be a little. I I try to remind them that hey, there's there's a live microphone right here. But it, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, back in, when I first moved to Toronto and and was covering the Leafs, um, these were during, this was during the days of uh, um, 
John Ferguson Jr. Uh, as as GM, and I, I, I my seat was right below where uh, Fergie sat, and then that was also the booth where Brian Burke sat. Well, guess what? I mean, you could hear some real beauties coming out of there. Those guys. Those guys were never shy about letting letting their their uh, their thoughts be known. But you're right; if there was a hot mic anywhere near, that's the last thing that that you'd want going out. Thankfully, there were no microphones uh, in and around that area because uh, <laughs> it, it could have been it could have been nasty. But um, yeah, I, I heard a lot of those, uh, and you you get them everywhere. I mean, I remember my first couple of seasons in the NHL. Um, uh, Billy Smith, the old goalie from the from the Islander dynasty, he was an, I think he was either an assistant coach or he was part of management with the Florida Panthers. And if I'm not mistaken, it was the Panthers. And I can remember him leaning out from his booth <laughs> to yell at the uh, the the officiating supervisor or the video replay guy in the next booth. And oh boy, if there'd been a hot mic then, I mean, my goodness. <laughs> There might have been an indictment sent out or something because Billy Smith was hot. But yeah, so so, so yeah, you learn the, the hopefully you learn that lesson early, early yeah. and through <laughs> someone else's experience, not yours. Well, one question I want to ask you that I didn't get to ask yet. Um, you know, speaking of instances and things that have happened last season, there was a lot that went on with the Toronto Maple Leafs with the, you know, pregame ceremonies and different things like that. What one moment sticks out to you the most about last year and, and things you got to call and be a part of? Um, I think the one night that stands out, there, there are two nights that stand out to me every year. Um, Hall of Fame night is always outstanding um, because it's, it's really the first time that we're, we're sort of acknowledging to, to the public and, and to the fans in the building, here is the Hall of Fame class, right? Like they do some smaller events during the day, but, but to the, to the coast-to-coast, um, you know, continental TV audience and 20,000 people in the building – that's one heck of a moment when you're when you get to introduce the Hall of Fame class for that year, and there's there's always a, a large party of uh, Hall of Famers who are there as a receiving line. So you know to go through and, and introduce all these great names from from the past is always exciting for me. Um, the other one is it's sort of a personal thing. Um, my grandfather is the guy who um, gave me my love of hockey, gave me my love of the Leafs, and um, also gave me my appreciation for uh, history, Canadian history, and along with my dad, uh, gave me the appreciation for the Canadian military. My grandfather was a major in the Canadian Army, served in World War II, uh, also served in a peacekeeping mission in Vietnam. My dad was uh, a member of the Canadian Navy, and um, so I have a deep, deep appreciation for the military and what they do, and there's such a great history between the Canadian Forces and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, so for me, Canadian Forces Night is always huge. 
But our Remembrance Day uh, game, um, when we have our Remembrance Day ceremony and bring out veterans and introduce them to the crowd year after year, is uh, is always one that stands out for me for personal reasons. Um, and, and it's just such an honor to be a part of, uh, uh, of those nights. Um, I would say that where it gets difficult are the nights where we have to acknowledge uh, something. I mean, Remembrance Day is a solemn occasion, but when we have to observe moments of silence for, for tragedies that are happening in the moment, I think of the Humboldt uh, Broncos bus crash. I think of uh, some of the, the mass shooting events that have happened. Um, you know, I think of the, the van attack uh, here in, in Toronto. Um, these are all moments that um, I'm very proud that we we recognize as a hockey club and that we uh, we take time to to honor uh victims um uh of of all these events but from an announcer standpoint uh, i think those are probably the most difficult to do because yeah. uh you 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 want to respect the solemnity of the moment and you want to make sure that you hit that that right tone um, you don't want to make a mistake because I feel like it would be taking away from what that moment is about, and I don't want it to be at all about me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think back, especially to uh, to the, the the Broncos bus crash and. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of tearing up right now thinking about it because it was a really tough one to do. Um, and, you know, two things, you know, stand out for me from that night. And one was that um, I got I got through it and someone sent me a note uh, on Twitter and said, you know, great job. Um, you could hear the tears in your voice. And that that just absolutely struck me right in the heart um, because it, it was such a sad moment, and it was at the same time a unifying moment for for, for anybody involved in hockey in this country, um, but really for the country as a whole, and so. To, to have had my own emotions, uh, you, you know, you, you try, as much as you try not to have your emotions come into the, the, the equation, they did, but they did in the right way, which, which I was happy about, uh, that, that I was able to convey just really what I think a lot of people were feeling at the time. Um, but what, what was really heartbreaking for me was about five minutes after I made that announcement, that, uh, that moment of silence, I found out that uh, an acquaintance of mine, someone that I just met, a young hockey player um, from, um, from out west, who I had met while doing some announcing at the Canadian Blind Hockey Championship which happens every, uh, every year in Toronto. Um, his, he lost his brother in that bus crash. 
and and I I saw a, he, he put out a tweet, and to this day I don't know if I would have been able to do that moment of silence uh, and, and finish it if I'd known that information prior to to doing that announcement. Like it was, it, it really hit me hard, and uh, and to, to see that you know this. It wasn't somebody that I knew. It was a brother of someone that I'd met and and had a, uh, spent a, a little bit of time with. Um, but you know what? It, it just sort of um, sort of drove home that that feeling of, of sadness that I think a lot of people involved in the game uh, felt on on that day and, and through through many weeks afterwards. Um, so. So yeah, not to not to be a, a downer or anything, but that was, um, you know, you, you, there's there's good moments, there's there's very cheerful moments, and there are very 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 serious moments that uh, that that require you to be um, solemn and and respectful, um, and and sometimes, you know, while fighting your own emotions uh, to get through it. And uh, that was definitely one for me. Uh, I, I can definitely relate, Mike. Uh, so I actually work in the the CGHL, the OGHL of the the CGHL that the Broncos play in, and I had to do uh, it was either three or four. I believe it was actually four. Uh, of those moments of silence because I work for uh, three different teams and I was actually hired by a fourth team to come out to uh, the Aurora Tigers to come out and do their moment of silence. And it, it let me tell you, it just it doesn't get easier. Uh, even having to do if anything it gets harder having to do it like more than once and then being able to go and see the Leafs tribute that that you were a part of uh just kind of kind of tied that all together emotionally so I know it's it's been a, a I guess like almost it's been more than two years now hasn't it yeah, yeah. and uh yeah I just I just think back to to what the, the job that you did and how it made me feel better about the job that I did and and how that all just yeah. Anyways, well, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because we—I think we all sort of did that, right? I mean, we were all looking around the league and, and seeing how different teams approached it, and I think everybody did did their own thing, but everybody, the, all all the ceremonies that I saw, um, I, I think they did the players and their their the families of those players proud, um, and 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 they were all handled differently. They all had their own sort of special wrinkle um but each and every one of them honored the uh the players and the staff uh from the broncos um so tremendously well that uh that i was i was proud of of how we handled it and and proud to to see how other people around the the hockey world handled it for themselves absolutely um mike uh I'm just I'm wondering, you know, we're me and me and James, we're we're aspiring to be uh, great podcasters, great interviewers, journalists, whatever you want to call it. And I aspire to be, uh, you know, a professional PA announcer. Um, I'm just wondering if you have any tips for anybody that's aspiring to get into the the sporting world, be it radio, podcasting or as an announcer for a hockey team, if you have any tips that you can offer them. Well, I would say, um, you know, my my career is sort of defied the the uh traditional route uh, um you know originally i was going to follow the path that most people told me i needed to follow to get into radio which was go to a small market start there and move on up 
I got really lucky and I got my first break in my hometown. Um, but I got that break after years of of working, and, you know, at the radio station and and plugging away and not turning down any opportunities. Just take every opportunity that comes your way. Um, don't get taken advantage of. I'm not saying that, but try not turn down opportunities because you you don't know where those opportunities are going to lead. Conversely, try and make some opportunities. So for myself, you know, I moved um, from uh, Ottawa to Toronto in 2001. I didn't do any announcing for nine years. And then through my uh, contact from my OHL days, I managed to start doing a few games a year. But still nothing regular. There, there were no announcing jobs in the, uh, in the Toronto area that had opened up. And when I heard that the World Juniors were coming to Toronto, I knew that they always had a French language and an English language announcer at World Junior tournaments when they're held in Canada. Excuse me. So knowing that, I took a shot thinking that maybe there aren't that many bilingual announcers in the Toronto area. Um, So I called up Hockey Canada, and I asked if they were doing any auditions, and they had no no clue who I was. I was not on their radar, uh, but they said, yes, absolutely. And I got an audition. They heard me, uh, saw that I was absolutely fluent in both languages, and I got the gig, hmm. and that was my that was my introduction to um, Taylor Dean, who's you know my boss now with the Maple Leafs. It was my introduction to Jimmy. It was my introduction to a lot of the people who uh, would be involved with the Maple Leafs uh, and 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 my hiring. So if I don't make that initial call to Hockey Canada in Calgary and make that inquiry, and I just sort of sit there waiting for that you know, an email saying, you know, like a casting call or whatever. Um, I may not be sitting here today. You know, that one phone call potentially, you know, was, was, was career changing for me. Um, so make there are times where you might be able to make your own breaks and, and, and take your shots. And I think it was Gretzky. Didn't he say Gretzky say, you you won't you, you can't score on the shots you don't take. You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. yep. And 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 if I don't take that shot with Hockey Canada back in 2014, I don't think I'm sitting here today uh, announcing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So those are probably the two biggest things I could say: is, is is get as many opportunities as you can. Don't turn them down if 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 you if you don't have to. And and sometimes don't be shy. Get out there and make your own make your own breaks. Absolutely. Well, I'm a firm believer in what uh, Elliot Friedman always says. He says you, you never know who's watching or who's paying attention, but the right people are always watching and paying attention. So do your best work at all the times, and don't ever be afraid to hear no. It never what? hurts to ask, and yeah. never be afraid of hearing no. Yeah, those are great, great points, and I mean, I've, I've lived them. I mean, Elliot speaks the truth there. When I, when I did that first World Juniors, um, that th- there was 
someone at that game, at one of those games, who um, we had a mutual friend. And that mutual friend was was talking to this person and said, "Oh, uh, you know, oh, you went down to some games. Oh, my friend Mike was the PA announcer, and it just happened that this person who was at the game was the person leading the hiring team for PA announcers for the Pan Am Games, which were happening in Toronto in 2015. And so the message got back to me: get in touch with this person." They'd like to talk to you about uh, potentially doing some announcing for the Pan Am Games. So you're, you know, you're right, and Elliot's right. You don't know who might be in that crowd, who might be listening uh, on the radio or or watching on TV, and and liking what you're doing. So do do your best at all times, and and always assume that, that there's somebody out there that hasn't heard you yet, and is hopefully going to like what uh, what you're doing. Well, the last thing we want to touch on with you, Mike, before we let you go this evening, is obviously everybody wants to know. You get to call the Maple Leafs games. You get to announce the goals. You get to have the one of the funnest jobs in the toy store, so to speak. What do you think the Maple Leafs are going to do this season? And what do you feel the ultimate outcome for this squad will be? I never, ever, ever make predictions. Um, <laughs> simply, Simply because... Uh, I never want the tape to come back and haunt me, uh, you know, 10 months, 10 months from now. I've been, I've been down that road. We used to do predictions on NHL Network Radio, and then Mick Kern, my buddy, would, uh, would play back the predictions 10 months later. And it's just, just horrible and embarrassing. All I know is, based on the three years that I've watched these guys, um, they're super exciting to watch. They're fast. It, it's high-octane hockey. Um, you know, Frederick Anderson is an outstanding goaltender. And um, I can honestly say that almost every single night that I am at Scotiabank Arena and that I've been at Scotiabank Arena, um, even games where we've lost, you've gone home a happy fan and, and at least an entertained fan. Um, and and I think uh, I think you can expect a lot more of that. And that's uh, certainly what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, but you can't trick me. If we end up playing Boston in the first round again, I know you're going to be pulling your hair out. I don't have any hair left, so it's not, not an issue for me anymore. I've I've, I've had uh, a nice big bald head now for uh, for many 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 years. That's the trick. And, and 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 I'll tell you what, if if by some uh, twist of fate the Maple Leafs were to play the Boston Bruins again in in round one of the playoffs, I mean we talked about it earlier. Um, Rivalry breeds, uh, you know, passion and contempt. And if you if you meet uh, the same team in the playoffs for a third consecutive year, uh, that would be, I think, just fireworks. And uh, uh, it, it might actually be hard to uh, to maintain my composure during games. Uh, but uh, I I know the fans would definitely be entertained if that happened. I thought you were going to say that you have to walk by Freddie as he's going out to the ice. I thought that's what you were going to go to if you end up playing again to get those superstitions going. I thought that's where you were going with that one. I, I think there are times, uh, you know, over the last couple of seasons where I may have wanted to walk by Brad Marchand before a game, but uh, <laughs> expecting a different outcome. But that's uh, that's another discussion for another day. Careful. He likes to get close to people. <laughs> I've heard. I've, I've witnessed, yes. 
<laughs> well, Mike, it has been awesome yet again to sit down with you and talk. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you again. Have a great season this year. We look forward to your call. And uh, do you have any projects or anything coming up that you'd like to let everybody know about? Well, as always, uh, I'm uh, involved with Accessible Media Inc. that uh, folks can learn more about by going to ami.ca. And that is a TV and audio uh, broadcasting company that uh, really specializes in uh, you know, broadcasting for people who are blind or partially sighted and certainly uh, always being advocates for people living with disabilities. And they've been at the forefront of the development of described video on television and uh, now a live description as well for sports and integrated description is the sort of the next frontier that uh, AMI has really led the way uh, on. Um, so I'm, I'm really blessed to be involved with, uh, with them. And, um, you know, it's, it's just great to be able to go to work every day and be able to, to create media and create programming and content that really makes a difference. You know, people tell you makes a difference, uh, in, in their lives and, uh, really gives you a, a real sense of purpose. Um, and, uh, you know, AMI came into my life uh, after NHL Network Radio, and I was very lucky to be uh, given the opportunity to get involved with them. And we've, you know, successfully launched uh, a radio show and uh, a, a national television show. So that continues. That work continues uh, into uh, a fourth season now as well with uh, with them. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting times on uh, both the hockey and broadcasting side of things for me. So. You know, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next uh, several months, both uh, at uh, at Scotiabank and at AMI. So AMI.ca, if people want to learn more about it, uh, there's uh, podcasts available uh, for uh, for all the shows there, including the one that I'm on, which is called Live from Studio 5. And you can go to AMI.ca slash podcasting for details on how to listen to all the, uh, the, the various shows that are uh, uh, produced and uh, put together by AMI. Awesome. Awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so very much for stopping by and giving us some of your time. And uh, enjoy Newfoundland, my friend. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Always a pleasure. Go, Lee's go. You bet. 